you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 311 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And today, since it is episode 311, we are coming original. That doesn't mean anything. I just wanted to make the 311 reference. Um, Today, we are talking about uh, one the A's and the first half, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, second up, the A's made their first round selection, selecting Max Muncy again. So we're gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit of what he's about, and then I'm also talking about the first half for the A's versus expectations of what we had, and then also uh, their schedule coming out of the break and why I think that they should be able to get some wins coming up before too long. So I got all that coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, it is MLB draft season and the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast is covering every future star of Major League Baseball. Host Aram Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked on MLB Prospects podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And also make sure to follow this podcast wherever you like hearing things uh, in your ears in podcast form because we're there. So just subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the uh, Spotify Green Room app, not the Locker Room app anymore, the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'll get into Max Muncy and the A's going full Muncy in the third segment. But real quick, I want to start off with just the first half versus the expectations for the A's because I feel like uh, this being locked on A's, I want to talk about that stuff first uh, because, you know, it's the end of the first half. It's a, it's a milestone of sorts. And the A's are 52 and 40 heading into the break, which is, that's a decent that's a decent winning percentage right there. I'm okay with that. And they are three and a half back of the Houston Astros. They should be two and a half back, but the stupid, stupid Yankees decided to blow a seven to two lead in the ninth inning. And uh I know this is locked on A's, but Holy crap, the, the headlines that were coming out of that series with all of the jerseys and real quick, I'll, I'll get into this for one sec. Uh when Jose Altuve hit his home run off of Araldus Chapman. I believe it was in 2019. He was uh, telling people to not rip off his jersey because he he was being shy and he had just gotten a tattoo and his wife doesn't like when his jersey's ripped off and all that stuff. Uh, and so Aaron Judge hit a big home run on Saturday and he was closing his jersey like, oh, don't, don't look at me. I'm shy, you guys. And I thought that that was a great troll job. And then on Sunday, Gary Sanchez hit a big three-run homer, uh, I think in like the sixth or seventh inning, uh, giving, giving them some space between them and the Astros, and he did the same thing. So that was a, a whole thing that was happening. And then the Astros came back, and wouldn't you know it, it was Jose Altuve that uh, got them the, the win overall. He had a walk-off home run in the ninth inning, and he ripped his entire shirt off, and it's like, look at me, there's no wires on me, like he's Pinocchio or something like that. He doesn't have any strings. <laughs> but he he didn't have a tattoo either, so 
It, his story doesn't add up. They just keep adding fuel to the fire. And Dusty Baker is over here just being like, hey, I really wish people would forget about what, what they did in 2017. And what he doesn't understand from my point of view is, yes, it happened in 2017. People are not over it. And if you want to take it that way, sure. But people found out about it at the end of 2019, early on in 2020. The ruling was not handed down until 2020. So there's been one and a half years from the ruling. And then... It's also only been half of a baseball season since fans have actually been able to attend baseball games. It's not going away, Dusty. You may as well. And also, the Astros have been playing villains the whole time. They read a statement, which was not from the heart at, at whatsoever. Uh, so... The players don't even seem contrite. They've been playing the villain in the playoffs. Carlos Correa putting his ear to his uh, his hand to his ear, and then all of them are bowing out of the All Star game. Yeah, I don't think it's going away when you don't come and face the music. You're just asking people, and then you also rip off your own shirt. And also, Martin Maldonado did that did the jersey thing where he was ripping at his own, tugging at his own jersey. Like, look, there's no there's no buzzers on me right now. Maybe they have a different way to do it. Maybe it's earpieces. I don't know. That that was a fun series. But let's get back to the ace. On Sunday, the A's beat the Texas Rangers 4-1. They got four solo home runs. Sean Murphy went back-to-back -back with a teammate for the second straight game on Saturday. It was Seth Brown and and also Sean Murphy. So Murphy Brown, uh, if you're old like me, you understand that Murphy Brown used to be a TV show and uh, people liked it. It was too old for me because I was still too young at that point. But Murphy Brown TV show, make some jokes. So anyways, and then on Sunday, it was Sean Murphy and Jed Lowry going back to back. And then Matt Olson added two home runs of his own. And can you imagine how good Matt Olson is going to do today on Monday when people are actually trying to give him taters to hit? He's going to be fantastic. He's hit three home runs in the last couple of games. So Matt Olson. He, he's picking it up, and I cannot wait to watch him in this home run derby because this derby is going to be fantastic. Uh, you got him and Joey Gallo and Shohei Otani. Those are the three guys that I think that are either, uh, because of the way that the bracket's done, uh, Shohei Otani has the easiest path, I think, to getting to the finals in his bracket, whereas in the side that uh, Matt Olson and Joey Gallo are on, I assume that they're going to be facing each other in the second round, and then one of them will be facing Shohei Otani. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll probably talk about it on tomorrow's episode just because <laughs> dingers. Uh, but the A's ended up at 52 and 40, and I think that that's okay. I think that that is okay because if coming into the season, the A's were projected by the, the projection systems to win 78 games. And I think that they're going to beat that mostly because uh, by quick math, they'd have to go 26 and 44 the rest of the way for that projection to come true. And I, I really hope that that is not what happens. I know I have been watching the A's along with you guys the last couple of weeks, but I don't think that they are going to be that bad. <laughs> I don't think that they're an 18 games below 500 second half team. I think they're, they're they will be getting some reinforcements. Uh, Mitch Moreland should be coming back. We don't we don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, also, Mark Canna. I assume he's going to be back uh, in time for the Cleveland series to start the second half. Uh, we'll see because there was speculation that he might actually be joining the team uh, for the Texas series. That did not happen, but uh, it, it makes me believe that with the extra week off, that he will be ready in time for the for the Cleveland series. So that's just speculation on my part, but it, it sounds like it should be happening. But when you look at how the A's were projected for the entirety of the season, and you take a team that is on pace to win 92 games right now, which many believe was going to be able to win the AL West, 
The Astros have been a little bit better as of late. Uh, obviously, they've beaten the A's head-to-head a fair amount, so that has definitely hurt the A's case in the AOS and is a, basically why they have a three-and-a-half game deficit. They've played almost equally uh, against all the other teams. Uh, the A's have actually played a little bit better against all the other teams. It's just head-to-head. The A's have not been able, been able to figure out the Houston Astros, and if they make a couple of additions, then one, they could you know win the AL West because they can beat the Houston Astros now. And two, if they have to face the Houston Astros in the playoffs, they may be able to beat them there too. So uh, that is kind of what you're hoping for from here till the end of the season is make some additions, improve this club and get them to a 95, maybe win pace. Um, And I, when you say 52 and 40, I I would take that at the beginning of the season because 52 and 40 at the all-star break, that is great for an Oakland A's club. Uh, They are a second half club through and through. They always have strong second halves. Can you bank on that? Not necessarily, but I think that it's just a matter of the weather warming up and guys getting into the flow of things, but you know, at the halfway point and the ball tends to fly a little bit better. And that's when you kind of see what the Oakland A's are made of is in the second half. So, so I'm usually excited for when the second half starts to roll around, but at the same time, I, you can be a little bit disappointed by how they finished this half that the last month was not great. So if you take 52 and 40 at the beginning of the entire season, I'd be like, yes, I take that. But where they were was a little bit better than that. They were playing at more of a 97-98 win pace, and now they've backed off that a little bit, and they haven't been able to beat the Houston Astros, which is the that's the sticking point. You can have bad series against you know the, the Rangers, and they they uh, tied a series with the Rangers, they won a series with the Rangers, and then they lost a series to the Rangers, and those are supposed to be some some nice gimme wins. And the A's have struggled with them. Uh, we'll see how they do against them later on because maybe they figured something out in the series, and that's uh, hit a bunch of home runs against them. They like giving them up, so we'll see what the second half entails, but. I think personally that I am okay with how they've been in the first half overall. Recency bias definitely skews that a little bit just because they've been struggling the last three, four weeks. Uh, this The series against the Rangers that they just completed was their first series win since the middle of June, so that's obviously not great. That is almost a month. Uh, remember when they last played the uh, Los Angeles Angels? That was their their last series win, and they were on fire heading into New York, and then uh, Mark Canna got hurt, and you know the offense has been sputtering. The, uh, the, uh, the pitching's gone through a couple of rough patches there, so uh, the bullpen was a, a major concern there for a week, so that was a lot of fun, but the A's overall, I think that they have the pieces there. Matt Olson's figuring out, figuring it out again. You get Mark Canna hitting ahead of him. I think that this team's about to hit its stride. And uh, you, you add somebody like uh, Nelson Cruz, who's been rumored, or Craig Krimbrell, who has also been rumored as potential targets for the A's and, and the A's as potential landing spots for those guys. Not just that they're they're kicking the tires, but that they are legitimately trying to go after these guys. So uh, that should be interesting. And I think that the A's are going to be okay, I think. And I'm happy with where they are, given where we thought that they might be, according to projections. And, you know, everybody's talking points of they lost Liam Hendricks and they lost Marcus Simeon, and they're still in a over 90 win pace right now. So if you take it from that perspective, I think that they're doing just fine. But I got a little bit more coming up for you guys talking about their schedule coming out of the break and also the addition of Max Muncy to the farm system. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NFL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Last night, the Milwaukee Bucks made it a series beating the crap or the snot, the snot out of the Phoenix Suns by, I believe, 20 points, 120 to 100 spoilers. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You can also place a bet on Matt Olson to win the home run derby, and he is a dark horse, you guys. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare to make trades for their runs in the playoffs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. And that is why everybody says to bet online or your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Also, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for me, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, before I talk about the schedule, I want to talk about Elvis Andrews. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I love talking about Elvis Andrews. And let's just talk about him and wh- where he has been throughout the course of the first half. Uh, overall, he is hitting 235 heading into the break, and that is amazing. If you remember how bad he was in the first month and a half of the season, I mean, he was hitting below 200 in late May, and now with two months of being really bad like that, he's been able to bump his, bump up his batting average to 235 on the season, and the major league average right now is 240, so he has been doing tons and tons of work to get to just almost league average at this point. His on-base is still a little bit below league average but uh, for the entirety of the season, but the last couple of months, it's been right around league average. So I don't know it will reach that point by the end of the season, even if he's doing it at the same pace. Uh, league average bet uh, on base is like 311. He's been like 311 to 317, I believe, the last couple of months. So we'll see if he can get up to league average in that front. But uh, his WRC plus in the month of July, which I know it's been nine games for him, but still it's at 121, which is 21% above league average. So Elvis Andrews has been just fine. He's been decent actually he's been way above league average and it's mostly that the wrc plus numbers are because he has hit two home runs in this month he had a 94 wrc plus in june though so that is also just below league average and that's not terrible and i know that people are going to say well what about marcus Simeon? they should have just paid him and yes but they didn't and so i am talking about who they currently have on the roster as opposed to sour grapes so that's where i am and uh i i you know as an a's fan i have just gotten used to guys leaving and then i fall in love with the new guys and Elvis Andrews is the new guy right now and yay <laughs> but I really am happy for Marcus and what he's doing in Toronto I'll be uh showering praise upon that entire franchise here when I talk to uh Nash Walker uh, I believe that we're talking tonight so that should be the episode for tomorrow it's just us talking about uh first half surprises and breakout performances and all that stuff so uh we'll be talking about all of that stuff as, as long as we talk tonight then uh that will be your episode on 
Tuesday. So make sure to listen to that and just get a nice little recap and hear about some other players around the league and also the home run derby. That'll be a lot of fun. But Elvis Andrews in May hit 256, which is fantastic. Uh, I mean, for him, that's well above league average. And then in June, he hit 278. And in July, he is hitting 262. So he is performing at right around league average the last three months. And that's, that's a very, very welcome development. I, I, I want him to do well. I don't know that I want the A's to invest a lot of prospect capital in Trevor's story. So I, you still see people writing about like, oh, the A's need an upgrade at shortstop. And sure, I mean, they could use an upgrade, but it's not their most pressing need right now. They need a couple of bullpen arms. They need either a DH or a right fielder or a right fielder that can also play DH. One of those things. Uh, and I think that that's where they need to invest more of their trade capital. So uh, we'll see what happens. And I'll talk a little bit about that trade capital here in the third segment. But let's talk about the A schedule coming up. Uh, they talked about a little bit on the broadcast on Sunday. But so just real quick for you guys, the A's are starting off the second half facing off against the Cleveland Indians at home. And Cleveland is currently dealing with a lot of rotation injuries right now. There's not going to be a Shane Bieber. Uh, Plesak might be in the rotation, but they, they don't have their main guys in the rotation. And outside of their rotation, that that is what they're built on is their starting pitching and their back end relievers. And if you if you can avoid the back end relievers, then you should be able to get some wins. We'll see what happens. But their offense is not necessarily a scary bunch of dudes outside of Jose Ramirez. So uh, I think that this should be a nice let's get back into the flow of things series for Oakland. Hopefully they can, you know, at least win two out of three, if not sweep Cleveland, because they have been uh, not great of late. And then they get two games against the Los Angeles Angels, who have also not played the A's very well. Um, I was listening to a podcast and they were saying that basically you can tell if the Angels are going to play well in a series by, uh, are, is the team that they're playing good? Do they have a record above 500? Because if they do, they're going to lose the series. And if uh, the team is below 500, the Angels Angels will win that series. So the Angels still not a good team. The A's have not played the Angels with Mike Trout. I don't know if he's going to be ready for this series in particular. It's only two games. They get a Wednesday off, which is absolutely bonkers. So the next two Wednesdays, no baseball for us. And then the A's will be traveling to Seattle, which the Mariners have actually been pretty good. The, the Mariners are also kind of on the A's heels right now in the wild card race. So this could be a nice opportunity for Oakland to really, you know, hey, it's the second half. We're going to kick it into gear right now and really start putting some distance between themselves and the Mariners and maybe push the Mariners into that seller's tier, which would be very nice because that means that the A's uh, would be facing a worse Mariners squad from here on out. The, the Mariners also called up uh, a hotshot catching prospect, and they're probably going to be calling up Jared Kelenic before too long again. So uh, maybe he's figured it out. And that, actually, that, that could be not fun for Oakland, but hopefully they, they get enough pieces where they can still beat up on the Seattle Mariners. And then they get another day off, which is wonderful, I guess. Uh, and then they're going to be facing San Diego on the road for two. And then they get the Angels for four again on the road. So they're going to be traveling a lot, but it's going to be up and down the West Coast. Uh, it's a it's a decent little road trip right there. And then the A's get to come home. They get another Monday off. And then they play two against the San Diego Padres. And then they get 
another day off, and then they get to face the uh, Texas Rangers for the first time in the second half for three games at home. So that is going to be the first few weeks of the A's second half, and there's not a team other than the Padres that you're necessarily scared of. Um, hopefully they, they can, you know, gather gather some wins, go a few games above 500 against these teams and see what happens. Also, the Padres are going to be a nice little test coming into uh, one the trade deadline and out of this, the first half break going into the second half. So this is kind of what you want, I think, as an A's fan, is to, one, see how good your team is against one of the better teams in baseball. And then also you get to face the Los Angeles Angels six times. So that is always a good, good time. Uh, and then the A's go on another road trip for uh, a couple of weeks there. You get uh, Cleveland, Texas, and then the Chicago White Sox, which will be another fun litmus test. But that one is uh, at the beginning of well, beginning, middle of August, uh, where the trade deadline will have already happened and not much else can be done. And the White Sox will uh, have Eloy Jimenez back in their lineup by that point, I would imagine. So we're going to be facing the good, the good version of the White Sox. I know that they've been dealing with injuries, but we get to face the actual White Sox and uh, we'll see what happens there. But coming up on the show, I am talking about the new Max Muncy. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And right now, available, well, last week only, but I just checked their website, and they still have the brand new Grasshopper Mint flavor available on the website. So if you haven't pulled the trigger on that one yet, go to the website, because I do not know when that thing is going to be taken down. It says July 6th through 9th, but it is still there, and I am currently recording on July 11th, so take advantage while you can. This thing is absolutely delicious, and if you're wondering what it tastes like, uh, it, this is Built Bar's version of the Thin Mint Cookie, all the flavor without all of that sugar. It has 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. It is absolutely delicious. I've had it myself, and uh, I devoured that box. It was gone immediately and I really need to re-up before they disappear forever again. Not forever, but for long, it feels like forever when it's not on the website. So if you're like me, you got to go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying this show, then you may also thoroughly enjoy the Locked On Today podcast. And today they are talking about whether or not Giannis can save the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Uh, according to what I saw real quick after the MLB draft wrapped up, uh, he's he's doing a good job so far. So get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And you can also follow this podcast wherever you'd like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on uh, Twitter and also the Spotify Green Room app. That's, those are the apps that I'm on. There you go. Boom. Uh, also, make sure to email me any questions that you guys got to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, and since it is an off week for baseball, go ahead and send me a bunch of questions and I'll answer them on the show. Maybe we'll do like a, an entire mailbag episode. Uh, send me stuff about trades or just uh, what I think about certain guys or uh, ask me about baseball in general because... I can talk about the A's. I can talk about other teams too. So uh, let's get on just talking about baseball, sending me things, and uh, I'll do that maybe on Thursday's episode. Let's pencil that in for Thursday. I'm not positive if, if that will be the episode, but 
Send me questions and we'll figure it out. But uh, let's talk about the A's first round selection, number 25 overall, and that is Max Muncy. Uh, I, I got to say, they, they've had a Max Muncy before, and he has turned into a very, very good baseball player for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So this is uh, Max Muncy part two. We'll see if the sequel is better than the original. Usually they're not, but hey. This, this isn't Hollywood. This is the Bay Area, and uh, sequels are better, I guess, is what my point was. But uh, what I really wanted to do is just give you some of what the experts are saying on Max Muncy. And I'm going to start off with Keith Law, who had him as the number 46 overall prospect in the MLB draft. He, the A's took him again at number 25. Uh, and if you don't know anything about Max Muncy, he is a shortstop. He was a, he's a high school shortstop coming out of Thousand Oaks High School. And this is what Keith Law had to say, quote, good swing and plus bat speed plus runner with the hands to, st to stick at shortstop. He needs to get stronger to improve not just his contact, but control. This is a classic high school position player. He's athletic with defensive potential and a team that takes him is betting mostly on him getting stronger, end quote. So that is not like a glowing review, but it is a decent review where, hey, if he adds some muscle and a little bit of power, then maybe he can be, you know, a, a decent prospect for a major league team. And uh, I think that, you know, that that's okay. He's got some upside. Um, uh, one comp that I had seen on both uh, MLB.com and then also uh, I, I had that and I was like, ooh, I got the comp for him. And then Martin Gallegos of MLB.com just tweeted it out. He just tweeted it out that the comp is Danby Swanson. Uh, that is what uh, the A's front office was telling reporters is he's basically Danby Swanson, but with a little bit more power, maybe a little bit less hitability is what they said at uh, what Jonathan Mayo said uh, in the, the prospect packages that they put together on MLB. So um, that is an interesting comp. And when you think of Danzy, Dansby Swanson, just from afar, you're like, Hey, he's fine. I guess he's not great. Uh, Braves fans don't seem to like him. They, they, they would like an upgrade from Dansby Swanson. But at the same time, when you're drafting just unpolished players for, at the high school level, Dansby Swanson, that's a major league baseball player. He has been a major league starter and a, a decent piece for the Atlanta Braves, a competitive baseball team for a number of years. And I mean, obviously he was taken by uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and Dave Stewart and then traded to Atlanta. That's a whole different story. Uh, but I think that that is an interesting comp for him. And if he does turn into Dansby Swanson, um, is it better than anybody that they probably could have gotten at that point? Yeah, I mean, probably. Dansby Swanson was a top 10 pick in his draft year, and now Dansby Swanson is falling to the A's at number 25. So uh, it's an interesting comp, and I would be okay if he did turn into Dansby Swanson, even though my feelings about Dansby Swanson are he's okay, but he's an okay major league player, which I think is the sticking point for me where they're getting major league value out of that pick, and that's something that, that you actually want to see, not like Kyler Murray, who is now in the NFL. You know, they didn't get enough value out of that pick. They could get some decent value out of this pick. So I'm interested by that. But moving on to another evaluator, and that is Jeff Ellis from our very own network. He is the host of Locked on Indians, and we also work together at scout.com. Uh, he is the draft guy wherever I've ever been, and he is fantastic. Him and Melissa Lockard used to work side by side at Scout. So if you like Melissa's stuff, he knows the same kind of stuff. And in his mock draft on his own blog, Jeff Ellis actually mocked Max Muncy going to the Oakland Athletics at number 25. So you can see that he knows what he's talking about. And he said in this 
in his little uh, blog piece that he isn't a fast dude, but his first step is. So he's not, he's, you know, I've heard that a bunch of places. He's like an average speed runner. Maybe he's not a super quick dude, but his speed, his twitch, if you will, uh, should be able to keep him at shortstop, but he has the arm to also play at third base. So that is something that I've read among all of the sites. And he says, he also says that everything is quick with him and gives him more power potential than he gets credit for. And, Jeff Ellis, favorite evaluator of all time. Uh, he really believes in Max Muncy, and I thoroughly enjoy that because the A's now have Max Muncy, and according to Martin Gallegos of MLB.com, he is expected to sign with the A's. He was committed to uh, Arkansas, I believe, but uh, he is expected to sign with the A's, so that is another plus. Oh, I mean, uh, Kyler Murray also signed with the A's, but he never played for the A's in professional baseball, and I think that this may be different. Um, sorry to keep bringing up Kyler Murray. I, I feel bad about that. Anyways, moving on uh, to the ESPN write-up on him, I guess. This is before uh, he was drafted by the Oakland A's, and they said that he ended his senior season as one of the top prospects in California. He is not a lock to stick at shortstop, but has the arm strength for third base. So that's what I that's where I was drawing that from. Well, it was from ESPN. There you go. Uh, and then he is the type of player that Oakland has plenty of success with in pass drafts, a hitter that goes to the plate with a plan and can drive the ball with authority to all fields. And I know that he was, you know, Keith Law's number 46 overall prospect. But from what I'm reading, I kind of like the pick a decent amount. And one thing that is interesting to me, and this is where the trade capital comes into play for me, is he's a shortstop. Could he move over to third base? Potentially, yes. But they're probably going to try him at shortstop to begin with. And with that being the case and the A's in the trade market for upgrades at the big league level, you got to look at Midland. And I know that I said uh, last week or the week before that I believe that Nick Allen's probably going to be called up to Las Vegas uh, before too long because he's been crushing the ball. He's obviously very good on defense. I think that he has earned a promotion. And this is usually the time of year when you see players like that getting promoted. We may also see Tyler Soderstrom going from Stockton to Lansing. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But the, the shortstop trio that the A's have had in Midland this year of uh, Logan Davidson, Jeremy Ironman, and Nick Allen, those are three pretty decent prospects. And I don't think that uh, Nick Allen is going anywhere, but Logan Allen and Jeremy Ironman could be going somewhere in a trade. And I think that adding Max Muncie, another shortstop, a first round shortstop for that matter, I think that he also adds to that shortstop depth depth. So if the A's think that he will be able to stick at shortstop, then I think that they could easily trade if they wanted to uh, Jeremy Ironman or Logan Davidson and go get a bat if they want to, or go get a reliever or go get whatever they need to. And cause these are two pretty decent prospects, uh, you know, with the glove and with the bat. So you can kind of take your pick on which one you'd prefer. And then, uh, you know, there, there you go. I, I think that they have both become a little bit more movable for the Oakland athletics is just my take again, no sources, just how I feel about that situation. We'll find out what happens there. And that's kind of what I've also been saying with, uh, the, the catcher situation, you got Drew Millis, who's, you know, right above uh, Tyler Soderstrom. And then you also have Kyle McCann, who is 
right below, a couple stops below Sean Murphy. But I think that both of those guys or one of those guys could also be moved at the trade deadline. And those are some decent pieces. Some guys have some upside. And uh, if you want a defensive guy, you go with Millis. And if you want a, a bat first guy, they can play some first base. You go with Kyle McCann. So that's just where I'm thinking at the trade deadline is where do the A's have some surplus? Obviously, they have a bunch of AAA outfielders. So you could see uh, Greg Dykeman or Luis Barrera, uh, depending on which team that they're trading with, which player they want. But uh, those are three guys or three positions where I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, there's probably going to be some movement from there if the A's go and make a, a decent sized move for like a Nelson Cruz, which would be a good move. I, I don't know if it's a big move, but it's a good move uh, that might require one of these guys, maybe Drew Millis. I, I'm not positive because we, we all heard that the Twins have been scouting out in Lansing. So uh, maybe they've been looking at Drew Millis. I don't know. Uh, but that is where I'm thinking right now. And I think that this is, you know, a good pick. We'll see how he, uh, how he turns out, uh, how, where he is assigned first off, and then we'll see how he progresses over the course of, uh, over the course of time. Um, and high school prospects, just one quick reminder, high school prospects take a little bit longer. I, they're not all Tyler Stodis room by any means. So, uh, it, we'll, we'll see where he's at in, you know, a couple of years and adjust from there. But for right now, we're very excited here at Locked on A's and we will adjust our expectations accordingly over the course of his time with the Oakland A's. But, uh, that is all that I got for you guys today. As I said before, uh, I, my hope is to have a crossover for tomorrow with Nash Walker of Locked on Twins, where I'm going to be asking him which player is his surprise breakout of the season? Which player do you think has a big second half? Which breakout player from the first half is ready to fall flat on their face in the second half? And then also, which team is going to go on a run in the second half? So that's what I'm going to ask him. We're going to banter about baseball. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Nash is a great guy over there. So that's what we got coming up for you guys tomorrow, I believe. But uh, until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs>